uh, here you go, Elena. You're gonna need this in a moment because we're gonna be chatting. But uh, just before we do that, I wanna give you an outline because we're like smack dab in the middle of a great sermon series. Have you guys been attending? I know it's summer, but have you guys been attending? At least watching online? I hope so, because that's part of what I do here. So I put things online for you guys that skip out during the summer. So I hope you're watching when you can from your camp or wherever, okay? Some of you are excited about that. I'm kind of giving you permission to get lost, right? All right, so let's get out of here. Um, Here's the thing. We're going through a sermon series that's talking about your best summer ever. And if you want to have the best summer ever, you got to hit some key points in our relationship with Christ because we don't let that fizzle out like everything else in the summer, okay? So one of the things we do is we focus on the Word of God, community, which we're going to be talking about today, and uh, worship and prayer and the centrality of Jesus Christ. And there's kind of a flow to that. We start with the centrality of Jesus Christ, and when we go through community right, which is fellowship, when we go through prayer, which is communication with God, and when we go through all these different things, we, at the end, begin to worship God in spirit and truth, and that's what we want to do as a church, so we're going to be talking about that today. Sound good? All right. Okay, so, yeah, you can clap. It's okay. We're just getting warmed up here. So, I, I asked Elena to come with us today because um, She's representing part of the community of God that we don't really see here too much. We used to see it every week because we were at Fraser Auditorium. A a couple years ago, we moved into this new building, but we used to have a church there. And do you know about that? I do. Okay. I was attending at that time. All right. And uh, Elena is is part of um, uh, a group of people that work with InterVarsity, and they work as staff to attend different campuses. And in Elena's portfolio, she's getting Laurentian. That's in your, yes. I have the right person, right? Yes. Okay, because she's going to be in Montreal. Just waking up. Yeah, that's okay. I didn't even offer her coffee. I'm sorry, we rushed through this morning. Um, she, she's going to be positioned in Montreal, but one of her responsibilities is to oversee some of the activity happening right here at Laurentian University within Sudbury. Sudbury. And that's going to be awesome. So I have a few questions for her. Uh, She's going to talk a little bit about um, what keeps us connected over there. And, uh, you know, first of all, before we can get into what you're going to do at Laurentian, um, what do you do as a job as a whole? And and how did you get to do this job? It Mm. sounds like fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm a campus minister, which means I get to work with university and college students. Um, And that doesn't mean I run a program for them, but it means that I get to equip them, encourage them, help them cast vision for being missional on their campuses. So I get to come around them, I disciple students, I eat with students, they nap on my couch in between exams, Um, we fellowship together, we do Bible study together, we pray together, we pray hard for their campus. Um, But I get to come around them quite a bit as their campus minister. How did I come to do this? When I was a student at Laurentian, I was part of something called LCF, or Laurentian Christian Fellowship, and I'm sure some of you are familiar. There's a fellowship that happens here in town, and I was part of it as a student. I was part of it as a, as a member and then part of it as a leader. Um, then I completed an internship in Montreal this past year where I received a whole lot of training, and I got my hands dirty with the students. And now I'm moving into a staff position um, as a full-time Minister. Full time. That's awesome. Give her a hand just for that. That's awesome. And you know, when you talk about students and you talk about fellowship, 
No, no doubt food is involved. Always. Because if you want to attract students, you have to give them free food. And it has to be free. It's got to be free food. And so when they hang out with you, I hate to break this to you, but I, I've worked with students before. Sometimes it's not even they like you. They just know they have access to your fridge, you know? And, and that's okay. They're going to continue taking advantage of you. Just be prepared. I'm warning you. Um, something that is so cool about uh, what you're doing is we love Laurentian. I mean, we, we kind of took an exodus and we landed here, but we've done our best to stay connected to that community. Mm -hmm. So we have people that are praying with them. We have one person on staff that one of his jobs is Luke. He, he's following your exec team, making sure that people there have training. So even while you're staffed in Montreal, there's still an executive team that's working with Laurentian Christian Fellowship to do significant work on campus. Talk about some of the ministries, the outreaches that you're doing there. So at Laurentian, um, there are a number of things, and it changes year by year. Um, but some of the things that have stayed the same are the International Student Christmas Dinner um, and also the Winter Fun Day that is kind of a follow-up event. So we have hundreds of international students come together and hear about the meaning behind Christmas. Um, and we also introduce them to some Canadian culture like skating and skiing um, and other things while saying A. Um, but we also learn a lot from them, and they share their culture um, and their beliefs with us. And it's a really beautiful exchange. Um, and that's one of the things, but I mean, something that stays consistent is also scripture study. So students gather together in small or larger groups. I know there's a men's group that's still going strong. Um, I don't know, they have some weird name. Um, something like the cool Mob. guys or... It's M-O-G. Um, oh, M -O men of God. You know God. what that stands That's for? That's right, men, men of, of God. God. They're extremely <laughs> spiritual. There are some of them. And you know, it's, it's great. I, I remember hearing from one of them that attends our church here. And he said they've actually got a group of guys now, and they're studying the Bible over their phones. They're, they're reading, and they can check off, and they can see where each other are at in the whole process, and they're actually studying the Word of God. And that's something they'll be able to do at a distance, even when they move on from Laurentian. So I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, you know? I mean, I make fun of their little, cute little name, but really, they're growing. They're growing and growing and growing um, as Christians and as believers, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And we want to see them continue growing, don't we? Um, one of the things we want to do is uh, support you in your ministry, because we really believe in what you're doing. And uh, we'll get into how we can actually support you and give. But I just want to kind of announce to everybody, we are doing this. It is a real thing with Laurentian because these are the future leaders of our communities, right, which we're talking about today. I believe so. And, and of our nation. And so we want to make sure that we're equipping them not just with the studies and the degrees that they need, but the spiritual goodness that they're going to carry forward mm -hmm. into the world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're dedicated to continued work on campus we're going to do more as time goes on, but you and I have even had some conversations this week about what that might look like, and the plans are, whew, but we're starting with, <laughs> with supporting you, okay? I'm a bit of a dreamer. I'd love to see huge things going on, a very close partnership between us and Laurentian University, because I think that's where we need to invest as the young people, and we're using technology to do that, mm -hmm. and we're using people like you, and I think that's awesome. Thanks. So you have a, a table out in the uh, courtyard. Do. Don't take off right now. I'm still going to preach for just a little bit, okay? Um, but we'll let you get out of here later. 
uh, and Elena will be at a table. She has a, a letter, a brochure. You can find out more about her ministry, which is called Inner Varsity. Uh, she has to actually fundraise for this. It's actually missions, okay? When she talks about doing a, a student's dinner, you may not think of that as missions, but understand these international students come, they experience what Christianity is all about, and then they take that back to their home countries. It saves us the flight, doesn't it? Okay? <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of many different ways we can do missions, so it's very practical, it's very real, and we can't, we can't underestimate the value of a dollar that goes into there. So at your table, you're gonna not, you can't accept cash, because I know right. you just keep it, right? <laughs> right? It, it's to replace the, the coffee and the carrots that come out of her own fridge, we understand. So she can't take cash. If you want to give cash, we might be able to funnel that through All Nations Church if you want to come in the week, because that's all you have today. Uh, but you can write a check, you can take credit cards, all that kind of thing. But first, you're going to ask her some questions to see what the support is for, more details, because we only have so much time this morning to, to discuss now. But Elena will be available to you guys to do that. If you'd like to find out more and you don't have time as you're running out today, check out allnationschurch.ca slash give, and you'll see a profile of Elena there. You can click around there for more information on her and InterVarsity. Yes, and even st stop by, I'll give you my my information, my business card. Okay. You can get in touch with me. Awesome. All right. So we're going to do that. But before we uh, move on to the next thing, would you guys mind praying for Elena and also all those students that she's going to be reaching at Laurentian because she's, she's our boots on the ground next year. And uh, we're hoping that this grows into something much bigger through the work that she does there. So if you feel comfortable, would you reach out your arm toward uh, Elena? And I'm just going to pray a special blessing over her. God, we just thank you so much that there's a soldier willing to do this work for you. We ask that you would prepare the way ahead of her and continue to give her big dreams and big visions for these young people and the old that study at Laurentian University. We ask that the outreach that happens there would be uh, transformative and that people would begin to walk in right uh, living with you so that they can preach the gospel wherever they go in the jobs and in the places they find themselves around the world. We pray this special blessing in Jesus' name. Give her a hand. She's awesome. All right. Thank you. Now, um, somehow I have to like clear the stage and get ready for preaching. So uh, I actually thought of a really great segue. Okay, and um, I, I studied Hollywood to figure out how this is done. You guys know I'm a media pastor. I'm not going to dance. You're getting all excited. I studied Hollywood. <laughs> I I found that, um, that one of the things they they incorporate into a, a lot of movies is uh, a very commonly knows, known phrase. It's called, let's get out of here. All right, so I, I, I know you don't believe me, but I found it on the internet, so I know it's true, okay? <laughs> so I also went on the internet. Please don't get bored with this. I found it entertaining. I got a little video clip, and it's, uh, you see if you recognize some of these movies, it's a whole bunch of movies where they're using the phrase, let's get out of here. So just check it out. We'll set the stage, okay? Come on, let's get out of here. 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 Get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Please, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Come on, let's get out of here. 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 Let's get out of here
Come on, honey, let's get out of here. All right, let's get out of here. 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 Come on. Let's get out of here. 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 Everybody, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Come on, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here, Honor. Let's get out of here. Hey, I know, halfway through, you guys are like, come on, let's get out of here, right? Um, you, you wonder why I picked such a long clip. We didn't need that much time to set the stage. I was just joking. Really what I'm doing is I'm trying to bore you guys so that my sermon seems a little more interesting. Okay? So let's, let's get out. Why is that the most commonly used phrase in Hollywood, of all things? You know, if I had to take a guess, well, it would probably be something more romantic. Um, but I guess this is kind of romantic, right? If, I, if I'm sitting beside my wife in church and the sermon's going a little too long, I might say... Let's get out of here, right? <laughs> Hopefully it's my wife and no one overhears, right? Um, let's not do that today. Uh, there's other reasons why they're saying let's get out of here, right? There's pandemonium, there's panic, they're all scared. So out of fear, they're like, let's get out of here. This makes sense. It's a Hollywood script. But you know, we can't underestimate the fact that they get paid lots of money to write scripts in Hollywood. Uh, more than I get paid to write a sermon. Um, just joking, I get paid lots. Um, here's the thing. Let's get out of here is, is not just a phrase to throw out there like, oh no, it's well thought out. And what it does is it actually engages the audience. Okay, because if you're, if you're like getting chased by something and you're scared, you don't look around, oh, anybody want to come with me? Come on, guys, let's get out of here. If you're working with kids even, right, you just leave them behind, just, right? No, you wouldn't do that. Of course not. But the point is, they're putting that line in there because they're wanting the audience to participate because they know if they do that, they engage your emotions, they sell more tickets. It's all just this big conspiracy and they're making money, right? But the point is, let's get out of here is meaningful and it strikes a chord because it begins with let us. Sometimes people say, I'm out of here, but it's always better when you say let's, because it's always more fun to go on the journey together. Anybody want to go on a journey today? I do. Okay, a couple of people are coming with me. <laughs> May as well get out of here right now. It's only two people on board. Okay, listen, you're watching the Olympics, right? And what do they say? Let's go Canada. Don't say Sweden, like, come on, all right? It's Canada. Let's go Raptors. Let's go uh, Blue, Blue Jays. Okay, let's go, right? It's always let's go. And you ever have, you have a friend, right? They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the World Series this year. What do you mean we? I never saw you pick up a bat. You don't look like you can. Um, 
it's we because the fans are included. It's always about this journey together, and that's what makes spectator sports great. You know, you can watch them later, though. Put your phones down. You don't need to be checking scores right now. Okay. So let's get out of here is all about having an escape plan, right? And sometimes there's not pandemonium happening, and maybe there's something good that you want to get to. So there's always some kind of pain associated with where you want to get to because you have to actually want to get up and go. You can say, let's go, but I mean, people have to want to go, right? Um, so here's, here's uh, the thing. Getting out of here is, is a change in your environment or circumstance. Um, I, I consulted an expert in change, Tony Robbins. I don't have a cell phone, so I looked it up on the internet, and here's what he had to say. Change only happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Don't worry, we'll read scripture to you, okay? You holy people. Tony Robbins, I, I think it's spelled with two Bs too, but again, I got off the internet, so that happens, right? Copy-paste. Um, the thing is, today I'm not looking to conjure up all kinds of pain, but as we're going through some of these things, I may conjure up some feelings about other people in your community. Don't get upset, remember, pain is okay. Pain is a natural experience and we just have to keep, continue and, and journey through it. But I want to bring you guys on a journey today that's going to equip you, give you some tools to understand how we can work as a community, all right? So today I'm going to be giving you five reasons to be part of a community of believers. Now, I know often when a pastor says that, it's like he's already halfway through his sermon. Now he's going to give us points. Don't worry, they're not going to take that long, Okay. <laughs> So we're going to give you five reasons, but before I give you these five titles, what I want to do is explain what it even means to be in a community. Because if you're, if you're in a community, which you are, and most of you are in several, if not dozens of communities, okay, I want to, I want to define for you what a community could possibly be. So we put it into perspective. A community can be fellowship. Now, that's a biblical word I could expand on. We're not going to get into it today. Basically, it means you have coffee and gossip after church, okay? That's not the kind of community we're going to talk about today. So pay attention to the rest, okay? A community can be members. A community can be partners, friends, an association, a team, a group, a town, a city. A community can be a club, a group, even a cult. A, a community can be society, culture, race, nationality, Get the idea? Center, district, neighborhood, society, a community can be a state, a colony, a turf, uh, whatever. A community can be you and someone else. It could be you and your basketball team. It could be you and your baseball team that you don't really play on. It can be anything, but the thing is today we're focused on only one type of community, and it's the kind that you're participating into today. And uh, there's a magnificent metaphor, I call it, in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 12 through 27. We're not going to read through that whole scripture, but I give you the reference because it's a really great section of scripture that you can study through the week. It's all about, you know, the body of Christ and how this community, some of us are hands, some of us are eyes. Again, I said be quick. So read it at home. We've got to do some studying. Is that okay? All right. Now, the last verse in there, uh, 1 Corinthians 12.27 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So, we're each a part of this thing. There's one body, many parts. 
but it's a community of believers, okay? So the differences with our community is it's all people who are believers in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to elaborate on that side of the community, because that's the one thing we all have in common, okay? So uh, the church and Christ can be defined as such. One bride, one groom. One wife, one husband. One kingdom, one king. One set of branches, one vine, one flock, one shepherd, one family, one father, one building, one foundation. And uniquely introduced to us in the New Testament, we have one body, one life source, one head. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you've come into right living with him by accepting the sacrifice he's made and deciding to follow him, you are a part of that community. Now, what does it mean to be a body? Let's look at that real quick, okay? A bo- you guys see me up here, right? Don't I have a great body? Come on. I eat a lot of hamburgers to keep my physique, all right? So here's the thing. My body is actually all that you guys know about me. No, no, Atheson, you're so much deeper than that. No, I'm not. Really, I'm not. What you know about me is only what I've been able to express through my body. You don't know what evil thoughts I have of you. Some of you I'm scheming against right now. No, I'm not. I'm preaching. Um, Here's the thing. What you see is what you get. So if we are the body of Christ, we are a manifestation of the person of Christ. Uh Uh-oh. Some of us are messing up, right? We're messing up. I say we, because I'm along for that journey too, all right? So we are all the society around us, the other communities around us get to see of Christ. We are his body. Now, now we can ask the question, why do we need to be the body of Christ? I'm going to give you five quick uh, tips, okay? Can we do that? Now, we're going to go on a journey. Just to keep this rolling, I need your participation. So I'm going to ask that if you're ready to move on to the next step and you get it, if I say, are you ready to go or anything like that, you're going to respond, let's get out of here. Let's practice. Are you ready to start this? Okay, I'm feeling rushed now. All right, I want to put up a picture of my family. Um, you're going to see a picture of my beautiful family. I know. I always do that to get the Oz. It makes me feel, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually my wife's fault. Um, aren't, they're so beautiful and precious. I'm, now I'm lost for words. Uh, here's the thing. We knew that we were going to have new bodies coming into our home. So some people, you know, they plan ahead of time. They come up with names, etc. Um, we didn't, and that's okay. Uh, we came up with their names once we met them. You know, some people do it that way. We did it that way. And each one of our children... Guess what? We named them. We gave them names. Um, it makes it easier to call them for dinner. It's easier to organize them, you know, instead of just saying, hey, you, all the time. Um, we gave them names. So guess what? The same thing happens in the kingdom of God. One of the reasons why we need a body is because it gives us a name. Call it Christian. Call it All Nations Church. Call it this, call it that, call it, oh, well, I don't, I'm not a denomination. I'm just, you know, 
I, I just love to follow Jesus. Well, let that be your name then. As long as it's about Jesus and you know where you're going, okay, this is your name. You are part of the body of Christ, okay? All my children got a name, but guess what? They have one father and they got my last name. It doesn't matter about their individual identity. We can look at the family as a basic building block of all of society. And when our church becomes about meeting the needs of these basic building blocks, we begin to build our own church community. We'll go on further when uh, I can outline why that's very important. First, I want to say this. There's a scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 13. It says this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Baptism marks the beginning of being part of the body of Christ. Thank God for Plunge in the Park. For those of you that got baptized, that's right. Baptism is the beginning. If you haven't been baptized yet, that's okay. Make a plan to do it. The thing is, when you get baptized, it's an outward symbol that you belong. Some of you today are going to find yourselves in one of two camps. And I'll come back to this near the end of the, this message. Some of you have been coming here for a long time, but you are just coming. And then others, maybe you've only been here for a few weeks, and you're like, no, I'm in. I want to get baptized. This is, this is what I want to do. That's really the only difference between being part of the body and not. Because coming in, sitting in a chair here, doesn't make you part of the body. I'm sorry to make you feel so unwelcome, guys, but <laughs> some of you just don't belong here yet. But we'd like to have you there. And so that's why I'll come back to this a little later. I want to give you a very formal invitation to be part of this community, okay? So for the rest of this, it doesn't even apply to you yet, okay, if you haven't made that decision. Um, so here's the thing. A church family marks you as a genuine believer, that's all it does. It gives you a name. Do you guys get it? Are we ready to get out of here? Let's get out of here. Okay. Second point, um, let, let's, let's review, okay? The first reason we need a body is because it gives us a name. The second reason that we need a body is because it keeps us from pain. I know right away you're like, how does that keep me from pain? I have to be around all these people. Isolation is good, solitude is good, even Jesus went alone to pray. But here's the thing, we can keep each other from pain. It's called accountability. It's called bearing one another's pains. If you come into hard times, you can rely on people, okay? I'm going to read a scripture that backs this up, because I know you're not believing, that's a good thing, okay? 1 Corinthians 12.26 says this, If one member suffer, all suffer together. Well, that kind of sucks, but... It's true, but the second part makes it worth it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Or if one part of the body rejoices, all of us rejoice together. So guess what? You get to help people on their journey, get their lives straightened out, and then you get to share in that joy too. So walking them through the hard times may be tough, but you get to share in that victory. And you get to take your experiences and share them across to other believers. Here's an interesting thought, and I was thinking about this when I'm like, what does it really mean like if someone's in pain, okay? And I thought about all the times I've stubbed my toes or stepped on Lego, okay? It's all over my house, okay? Because I play with it. Sometimes I let the kids too. Um, I step on Lego, all right? 
and my foot begins to hurt. And I wonder, is the pain actually in my foot or is it in my head? Because from a scientific standpoint, I know there's some potential doctors in the room. Okay, I see you. You probably thought this up. Okay, I hurt my foot. The pain receptors have to deliver a message to my brain and then I feel the pain. So where, where, it doesn't even really matter. The point is this. Some people may not even know they're hurting, but the brain does. And he's going to send a signal to the hand to soothe the problem. Do you get what I'm saying? We all have a different function. And if we function properly, everybody will make an adjustment, right, to alleviate the pain, right? My body's not working so good anymore. Okay. So here's the thing. God, God designed us to, to be together and, and be connected. Um, starting with Adam and Eve, when sin and brokenness first entered the world, guess when it happened? When Adam and Eve, the first community of people, along with God, the center point, separated for just a bit. Okay? Eve's over here talking to this serpent thing, and Adam is, maybe he's right beside her. Oh, okay. There's a whole debate on the internet. I found it, okay? It's like, no, no, they were, they were together and they said this. And I sure, he said, oh, you know, you can look it up, you'll find it. But you know what? It, it doesn't really matter because, trust me, I can be sitting right, to my, right beside my wife and we're not on the same page. <laughs> right? Some of you are like, yeah, got that right. Okay? Listen. The, the thing is, they weren't connected on the idea that the fruit was forbidden. So however the conversation went, sin, I'm going to put this up, sin entered the world, world through a hole in wholeness. They were designed to be whole together, but there was a hole there. Well, guess what? Community can patch up and protect us. Community can patch that hole, and it can protect us. We have to be watchful for one another. That's how we avoid pain. We could have avoided this whole sin thing too, but too late for that. All right, you guys ready to go? All right. By the way, you know, it sounds like, you know, like an amen thing, right? Like, everybody say amen. amen. Every, yeah, if you say let's get out of here, just make sure you don't use this at grace or something. It'd be like eat and run, you know? Okay, the third point. Let's review, Okay. The first reason we need a body is it gives us a name. The second reason we need a body is it keeps us from pain. The third reason is it provides for our gain. Wow. We get to benefit? I don't know. That's not very Christian-like. Aren't we supposed to be, like, humble? And doesn't the Bible talk about giving your things away? Okay, I'll go right to the Bible. Okay, here we go. Acts 2.41. This is the beginning of the church, okay? Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I would say that's gain. The move of the Holy Spirit, and then there's gain. I like it. Okay, so does that apply in all areas? Where there's other areas where it applies also. Here's another scripture, Acts 4.32. It says this, All the believers were one in heart and mind, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Now, if you're daring enough, keep reading, and the scripture is going to tell you they basically like started selling their houses. Oh, somebody needs a house? Here, have mine. You need a truck? Here, have mine. Or a donkey, whatever. Okay? So, 
in the, in, the, in the stool that holds up this Christian life, you know, we hear about prayer, fellowship, worship, all these things, um, reading the Bible. It's all great, but there's something embedded into community that the Christian life is marked by. We call it sharing, but I'm not talking about clicking on Facebook. You can't get off that easy. We're talking about sharing out of your pocket, okay? And so financial giving, if we put it anywhere in the Christian life and it has to fit into a category, it's going to go under community because we're not just giving to a cause or, here, God, I'm going to give you money so that when I pray, you answer, okay? We're not going to say, oh, God, that book was good. I'll pay for it. No, um, we're talking about giving to support one another. And if the church actually did its job, maybe we may not even need some of these other communities. It would be nice to see the church do more, and I think we can. Christianity is not a spectator sport. That's the whole idea with this. It's not a spectator sport, okay? Here's what we're asked to do for participation, and then we'll move on. We are commanded to love each other, pray for each other, encourage each other. By the way, I got this all out of the Bible. It's so fascinating. Admonish each other, greet each other. I just don't have time to look up all the scripture. Uh, uh, bear each other's burdens, forgive each other, submit to each other, uh, be devoted to each other, and all the other family-type responsibilities that you could expect, because that's what we are. We're a family, and this is not a spectator sport. Are you with me? Somebody said amen. I got that. Awesome. <laughs> We're still in church. Okay, let's review, all right? Actually, we don't even need to review. It takes too long. The fourth point says this. It gives God his fame. Oh, wow. What, what a treat for us to become famous with God. I mean, no, this is not what it's about. What about humility, you might ask? Well, we're not talking about humility here. We're talking about God who deserves no humility because He's already suffered that. He's already been more humble than everyone else. The rest of eternity is about lifting him up. And if we live as a community properly, we're going to see him lifted up, glorified, and we're, we're to make him famous, okay? We're to declare him like we were singing this morning, Hosanna, high and lifted up. This is what it's all about. I've got scripture to back this up, just so you know I'm not making this stuff up, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, the New Living Translation says this, a spiritual gift is given um, to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Well, does that tie into the last point I made about, no, it doesn't. When, when we use our gifts, God receives glory. I love working on the media team here at the church. It's, it's something that each of you can do, not the media team, okay, I won't, I won't allow it. Um, but each of us has been given a set of, of tools you know, natural and spiritual, that God says, here, do something with it. And we call that your ministry. We call it the church's ministry, but it's dependent on you guys, okay? And so what happens here is we say, okay, we, we, gotta, we gotta do. And when we do, God gets glory. That brings him fame, okay? Another scripture real quick. For we are all, we are all God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So he planned for it long ago. You better get to it, okay? I'm going to say this. You're the only one that God can use to be you. You're the only one. You have a job. You got to do it. Are you with me? Let's get out of here. Last point. 
being, we, we, we need to be uh, a community because it allows us to reign. Yes, God is, this is not the last point I made. Yes, God deserves glory and we're to make him famous. But what do I mean by allowing us to reign? It's linked to the other one, but this is uh, deeply personal, okay? Because we have to make a decision to just be warriors and allow God to receive glory through us. Again, linked to the previous point I made, but let me read some scripture and clarify. Um, Hebrews 3.13. Encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is about accountability. And once we're together and we hold each other responsible for actions, okay, then Jesus is allowed to reign in our personal lives. And when we each individually have victory in Jesus, it makes us a healthier body. Does that make sense? So it's about personal responsibility. Here's another scripture. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's in Ecclesiastes 4.12. Mind your own business is not a Christian phrase. Okay? Now, if you don't belong to this community, we have no business saying, you can't park there, it's handicapped. Okay? Leave them alone. They're not part of our community. We're supposed to welcome people, okay? But if someone, that belo- if someone belongs to our community and you can see a way to sharpen them as iron sharpens iron, you better get on them. Hey, kick that habit. It's not good for you. Hey, I expect more from you. You're a representation of Jesus Christ. Um, don't talk to them like that, actually. That's kind of straightforward. <laughs> I'm just trying to drive a point home. Bear with me, okay? So I would say this. The business of the body is minding others. Let's just change the way we're thinking about that. Hey, we're going to close in a second here because I'm, I'm out of points. I only had five. Um, it was exciting. But are you ready to get out of here? All right, you asked for it. I'm going to take time for just one more story. Let's add this in. Um, yesterday morning, it was Saturday. I'm sleeping in. I'm not sleeping in because it's Saturday, by the way. I just sleep in whenever I can. Um, and I can hear down the hallway, down the stairs in my kitchen, something's going on. It's the sound of four young children, all under the age of eight, saying, Mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I'm, and it sounds a little weird or worse than that, but it's, it's not fun. And so I'm laying in bed, and the door, you know, I'm thinking to myself, somebody's got to do something. <laughs> somebody's got to do something. So I did what any good husband would do. I got up out of my bed, I walked to the bedroom door, I grabbed the handle, and I pulled it shut. <laughs> and then... I went back to the bed. I laid down. What? I'm brilliant. Once I put that pillow over the other side of my head, I solved the biggest problem ever. I could hear nothing. I'm trying to tell you, I'm not perfect at this community thing. Okay? Moments later, I hear the door open. I'm thinking, oh boy, I'm about to get attacked by my kids, which I compare to bears in the morning because they just, they claw at you, right? And they're making noises that are indistinguishable and they're not human. Um, So I'm bracing myself under this pillow for an attack, but instead the pillow gently lifts off my head and I think, oh no, it's my wife. (laughs) And from there I'm thinking, 
it's still the same situation as if it's a bear. You still have to follow the same protocol. And where do you, yeah, I played dead, <laughs> right? And I'm expecting full wrath, right? I'm just trying to lessen the pain. And, and she really ticked me off. She was so nice and kind. She says, honey, I've, I can't do her voice. I'll just use mine. Um, honey, I've made breakfast if you'd like to come down. And then she left. <laughs> and I was really upset. And don't we as a, as a community of believers get a little upset and we start to rationalize? Well, well okay, this is what happened. The smell of the pancakes, because she left the door open, starts coming in the room. And I'm like, okay, pancakes. Oh, and maybe sausage. Okay, so I'm tempted. But now I'm like, I still have to find a reason now to stay in this bed. So... Um, I started to think some bad things. She knows I don't like pancakes. <laughs> I'm not really a pancake guy. I mean, I like, I like the sausage and the eggs, but the pancakes, come on. That's more for the kids than me. And then what triggered something in me was I thought, oh, actually, she didn't say pancakes. She said, I made waffles if you'd like to come. Those she made for me. Because cleaning those iron griddles, for what, that's horrible, but she does that for me because she knows I don't really like pancakes, but if you do them as waffles, even though it's the same ingredients, pancakes, waffles, it's like waffles are pancakes with abs. Okay? Somebody told me that recently. I think it was my subconscious. I work hard to keep this body, okay? That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, the thing is, Lynn, what a dear. I mean, I, I felt bad. I, I did what any good husband would do, okay? I got up. I went downstairs. I made some coffee. She was almost done making the waffles. Nothing else for me to do. So I made some stale coffee. I sat down with her, and I had community with just my wife. And then her, her dedication to build community in our home translated to me saying, you know what? I'm up. I should spend some time with the kids. We went outside and played. And we don't have time every morning, but it's Saturday, my day off. I did that. And then I went about doing the rest of the stuff in my day, which impacted the rest of the community, like preparing to talk today, for example. But I started out, and let me tell you, if you can't do it in your personal life, don't come in here and try to be a leader in the church and like, oh yeah, I'm going to dedicate my life to the church. Well, hold on. I know not every family is the same. We have mixed and blended families today, but find the basic building block of the, the society you live in and work there, and God will take that and multiply and give you greater impact on his kingdom. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's get out of here. Awesome. I'm mixing up. Okay. Let me say this. How wonderful it is, how pleasant when God's people live together in harmony. That's from Psalm 133, verse 1, okay? We're going to be going into a time of communion, okay? <laughs> what is communion? It's what we're talking about today. This is awesome. Um, if you're listening uh, online or by radio, we encourage you to participate with us because you are part of the body of Christ. Whether your body is here or not, we are connected in spirit. And we absolutely want you guys to participate. You'll have a little wafer in the top, okay? And then there's uh, uh, some grape juice in the bottom. The wafer is representative of the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for you. 
so that you can have communion with him, that you can have community and make him your head. And I promise you guys I'd revisit the idea that for those of you who are in the other camp and not yet part of this community, I want to be able to pray right before we take communion and give you the opportunity to join this body. Maybe there's something about it you're just saying, I don't know everything, but I love these people, this atmosphere, and I want this to be where my life goes. We, we're more than happy to have you. There's the other side of the camp too. You don't get off the hook. I want to pray with you guys too. Because some of you, as we go through these things, you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not, do- I'm not doing all five to the best of my ability. I confess I'm not either. But I'm working on it, starting with getting out of bed. Okay, I can't commit to tomorrow, but you know what I'm saying. All right, so here's the thing. We want to join in community together. So let's make this a moment of newcomers coming into the community and the rest of the body saying, look, we're going to do more to support them and each other. Are we all in agreement with that? Let's get out of here. All right. So you hold in your hand the bread. Um, Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by him. So it's by him that we receive and we come into the body of Christ. So I'm going to pray and then we'll partake this together. God, we just thank you for those who have never fully understand, understood until today that they absolutely need to be connected. No one can make it alone. They have no identity apart from this church. God, I ask that as they turn over their heart to your will and your way, as they make you the way, their truth, their life, would you be a light in their soul that's evident to the rest of the community so we can come around them and support them. We think of these people, in Jesus' name we partake together. I want to focus on the cup for a moment, and before we drink together, I want to pray for that second camp of people that would say, I've been connected, but sometimes I'm like that amputated part of the body that just you're not disconnected. Listen, if the blood reaches that part of you, you are alive. Jesus Christ shed his blood. And if we partake of his blood together, metaphorically, okay, we can have life in him. We got to remain in him, okay? So I'm going to pray for everyone that wants to stay connected and they want more blood. They want not more sacrifice, but more life flowing their way. I'm going to pray that God would bless you and then we'll partake together. God, we just thank you for this sacrifice. We understand that without the shedding of your blood, there could be no restitution. And God, we just thank you so much that you are willing to come and connect us through the power that is in your blood. So we partake this together in Jesus' name. Thank you, church, for letting me be part of your community. I've been working on staff here for a few years now, and I can tell you I've been more embedded in this community than I have in some others, mostly because of the people that have come around me. I've got a a great media team that's around me, and I can tell you we're focused on doing ministry within this church. We need everybody to do their part. We can't go ahead without you. So I implore you that if you're ready, let's get out of here. And let's go to our missions field, which is all those who are not yet part of this community. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you.
Let's get out of here.